Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie, and thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. On the heels of the largest comeback in NFL history, the Minnesota Vikings are now NFC North champions and have clinched their position as a top four team in the NFC playoffs. On today's show, we'll cover the true turning point on Saturday, celebrate some unsung heroes, and set playoff expectations now that our Vikes have secured their postseason spot. It's a great show, a special show, the first solo episode in two years. So buckle up and let's go. I love it. Thank y'all for joining me after a game for the ages, in a season for the ages. So many words will be said and written on the Vikings' 39-36 overtime win over the Indianapolis Colts. But I think that a lot of people are already getting the narrative wrong. They haven't taken this moment of reflection. Just like Kirk Cousins said in that postseason interview, when post game interview, when he was asked, when he realized that this was the biggest comeback in NFL history, he said he needed a moment. So we're going to take some moments today and we're going to start by asking ourselves when did the comeback actually begin? Now, Patrick Peterson's short halftime speech, he said, we're going to get stops. Y'all just need to get five touchdowns. Those words are now famous. But the locker room during halftime, that's not where that comeback began. Don't forget about the second half boobirds. Minnesota started the second half with a one-yard loss. Dalvin Cook got stuffed. Then Kirk Cousins got sacked. We ended up punting on 4th and 18 to start the second half. The comeback got started with less than 10 minutes in the third quarter. That's when Kirk Cousins found K.J. Osborne streaking down the seam for a 63-yard gain inside the 5-yard line. Then the third down touchdown three plays later. So I beg y'all, let's take a moment to appreciate K.J. Osborne. He was the turning point. He was the X Factor in the biggest game of his career. Read the stat line. 16 targets, 10 catches, 157 yards, and the first Vikings touchdown in this game. That was... The turning point. If you have a chance, there's an interview put out today of Eric Kendricks. And he was asked, what was the turning point of the game? And he mentioned this man. He said, KJ was just absolutely bawling and refusing to quit and playing at an enormous level. He was not going to let it win. And what Eric said was, I saw that. 
if he's playing that way, I'm going to play that way. And it was infectious. And it spread from the, you know, the whole squad, the guys on the field, and you could see it in the stands. They were going crazy because of the Mm -hmm. effort K.J. Osborne was putting in. It was outstanding. Damn right. And, you know, there's a there's a lot of people in the NFL right now, a lot of fans who think once you make that big play, if you're down 33, maybe you shouldn't flaunt it and taunt it the way that K.J. Osborne was. But that's exactly what we needed in that moment. That's why he is the turning point. He's the X factor. I didn't realize Eric Kendricks had said that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. put some respect on K.J. Osborne's name. Now, let's go to the next portion of 15 Minutes with Flip. Y'all know all of my shows run fast. So we're going to talk about the unsung hero. There were some other overlooked highlights. This game really made me realize that some players just have been overlooked all season long. So here's a few unsung heroes for our Minnesota Vikings right now. First, Number 95, Harrison Phillips. Dude was all over the field on Saturday. 10 combined tackles, which is a rare elite day for an interior defensive lineman. Four run stops. But you didn't need the stats to see him mauling, making an impact, because you know what the stats don't show? Stats don't show his forced fumble, which should have led to Chandon Sullivan's scoop and score. Stats don't show where or when these key stops happened. Goal line situations, fourth downs. The Vikings don't force four field goals without Harrison Phillips dominating up front. Huge game from Harrison Phillips. And I'm not talk, I'm not done talking about the defensive line. You want to talk about defensive interior? Then we got to talk about this guy, number 95, Tonga. Where where did Quasey find this guy? He's our first, fifth best defender if you want to listen to PFF. You have to love a nose tackle fighting his way onto the field, making an impact. All of a sudden, our edge rushers, Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, DJ Wanham, they don't have to rotate inside when they don't want to. It's purely a scheme thing to get them on mismatches because we have three stout run defenders, Harrison Phillips, Dalvin Tomlinson, and now Kiris Tonga just opening up what the front seven can do. Amazing find, again, by Quasi Adolfo Mensa. The last unsung hero, we got to go with Duke Shelley, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Earlier this season, we would cry. We would cry every time we saw number 20 on the field. He was just a reminder that Andrew Booth was hurt. Cameron Dantzler was out. Now, I mean, I still have my questions. We still don't know if he can handle top-tier receivers in the NFL. But the dude is flashing six pass breakups in six games, a huge third down stop in overtime. And he's being physical. And for a small guy, he's only like 5'9", he's not supposed to be that way. 
but he is. And it's, it's, it's been a wonderful and bright spot on the Vikings roster late in the season. Yeah. So, so, so take a moment to reflect Quasi Adolfo Mensa doing work. This is what a competitive rebuild looks like. We don't just have 11 wins. We have youngsters on the roster growing, making a difference. We took both these guys from the Chicago Bears, and nobody was talking about that 2021 defense, but now they're here making a difference for the Minnesota Vikings. So they're young. Let's see them continue to grow on the field now that they've earned a chance to be there. Dave, we're going to keep rolling. Good. What 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 you got? What have I got? I got. Oh, you want me to keep going? I'll keep yeah, going. Yeah, no, keep rolling. You got the next Let, in the lineup. You wanted to talk off about play off playoffs. expectations. Warren saying it. We're getting close to the playoffs to see when this team will fall short. You know, I'm not going to hate on that, Warren, because I actually agree. But we got to realize, what do expectations really mean in the context of this season? Now, the Vikings, they're NFC North Championships champions. They will host a home game, most likely right now against the New York Giants or the Detroit Lions. But three games left, a lot can change. The only thing we should be focused on, what are our current expectations? If the playoffs started today, what should we expect? We got to be honest, fan. We shouldn't have expectations right now. We should not have expectations right now. The team has already exceeded them. There's a huge urge to make new ones. We're not going to do that today. I'm not going to do that today. We didn't have grand expectation against Green Bay in week one. We didn't have expectations when we were down 10 against the Lions in week three or commanders in week nine. We didn't expect them to win in Buffalo in week 10. Down 33 to nothing against the Colts on a Saturday. Who needs expectations? As fans, what do expectations actually do? For you as a fan, think about that. Take some time to reflect. We're playing with house money. This isn't about faith. This isn't about optimism. This isn't about point differential. Let's be straight. This is a house of cards that could fall at any moment, but we're playing with house money and we're not done yet. Expectations don't mean crap. I disagree. I do have expectations for this team. I expect them to get through the wild card run uh, round. It is this team has built up so much belief in themselves that they can conquer any situation. Dave, Dave, you're missing the point. There is going to be a point in that wild card game where it looks like they're not going to win it, where you lose the expectations that you have right now. Expectations oh, yeah, change but, but from we've play kept, to play. But with the seven come-from-behind victories this season, you now know 
Don't count them out. That wasn't the case in previous seasons. Because we knew if we were down two or three touchdowns going into the second half, it was lost. The game was done. That could be true. That could be true in the wild card. But this season, there's the, hey, we've been here before. We know we can come back. And it's not so much the fans believe it. It's that the team believes it. And if they believe it, they can get things done. Hey, if they don't, it was it was a it was a wild, wild season. And for what Quasi and KOC have done this season with the competitive rebuild, because we knew that the Wolves had their hands in the pot and saying, no, this is what we want to see. They took that and they have maximized it to great effect. And you got to love it. So once they get into the playoffs, we're most likely the second seed to become the first seed. Philly's going to have to lose out, and the Vikings are going to have to win out. Um, We're going to have to keep winning to stay one game above San Francisco, who's fighting for with us for that second seed. We are going no lower than the third seed, which means home game, wild card weekend. We have... It's been a great season. And the guys in that competitive rebuild saying, hey, we're going to take older guys from last season. The majority of the team is from last season. And we're going to turn around and we're going to win. And they have. So... I expect them to keep that up through at least the wild cards weekend because after that it gets way, way, way. And that's that's where we're conflating it because I, I expect them to have faith. They have proved that they will have faith, that they will fight for 60 minutes. But that does not automatically result in a win at the end oh, of no. the day. Anything okay? can happen on any given day in the NFL, period. So, so they've exceeded expectations, and I don't have any more. I expect them to play well. I expect them to play hard. I see where Even if from. they're not playing well, I expect them to play hard. But I don't expect them to win a damn game in the playoffs. I, I'm, I can sit here if we're playing the Lions at home in a playoff game and we're down by 15. If you're surprised by that, if that's below your expectations, then that's on you because right. it's happened before. Okay, so ride it out, ride out the wave, because if you keep on increasing those expectations, that's on you. There's nothing about this team. There's nothing about the past 15 weeks that should make you feel better about how good the Vikings are. Does it make you feel better about how much fun the Vikings are, about how much effort the Vikings put into game? Sure. But how good how good they are. Don't sit here and tell me this team is good. This team is fun as hell. That doesn't mean they're good. Understand the difference. Take a moment to understand the difference. Could be. And this, hey, this really everybody at the beginning of the season point. was talking about this being a 500 team. They have already beat that. Yes. Sound eight and nine. Eight and nine. And you can call me a hater for not now saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I'm going to call you the fool if you tell me 
that were going to go into any playoff game and you expect them to beat anybody when they have not won a single, well, since week one, they haven't won a game by two scores. And I want to see that happen against the Packers and Green Bay as well. But we'll, well see. Hey, people people want to see it against the Giants. That leads in my last point. Nice. The Vikings are still searching for that elusive, complete game. 60 minutes where the offense, defense, and special teams put it all together at the same time. Win by more than eight points. We should be done looking for that moment. Because what we're looking for is our players to make moments. The best part about the biggest comeback in NFL history, K.J. Osborne scored the first touchdown. C.J. Ham scored the second. Justin Jefferson scored the third touchdown. Adam Thielen scored the fourth. Dalvin Cook scored the fifth touchdown. T.J. Hawkinson tied the game. Six different contributors, each having their moment. Greg Joseph delivering the game win game, game winner in overtime. You know, I had a moment before Greg Joseph took that kick. Oh no! <clears throat> Here we go. Oh, ah, that's on my end. Briefly lost internet setting. We will get that back. You're still on with me. Everybody can see me. We can't see Flip. Um, oh, I hope everybody can see me. Can you see me? Say in the remarks if you can see me. Um, there you go. Talking so fast, I blew up the internet. Yes, you did. No, actually, that was my <laughs> end. Um, but no biggie. We, uh, clicked off the internet briefly and, uh, that was my fault. Um, it's all good. But where were we? Uh, we were talking about the playoffs. Everybody can see you. Ed, the our cap expert. Hell yeah, Ed. Broadmarkle has joined us tonight. Good to see you, buddy. He is on. Everybody's excited. And there we go again. Gotta love this. Um, there we go. It should be squared away now. Um, there we go. Dan's got me. TJ mm-hmm. Hawkinson tied the game. We had six different contributors, each Mm -hmm. having their moment. And Greg Joseph delivering the game winner. Everyone is in on this. I've doubted every single one. We've doubted every single one of these players over the course of this season. Even Justin Jefferson. Don't even even kid ourselves. We had some stretches where J.J. was getting covered up, getting manned up. But this game... Everyone had their moment. Everyone contributed. And it's not just the scoring plays all season long. It's Patrick Peterson's two interceptions against the Bills. It's Cam Dantzler's walk-off fumble. It's Harrison Smith and Josh Metellus sealing games with interceptions. It's Zadarius Smith. It's Sachs, the Neil Hunter, too. Mm-hmm. We don't know where the next moment is coming from, where the next play is coming from. All we can do is watch and wait for it. And you're going to enjoy it more without those expectations. So take some time to reflect. But I got one expectation for you. What's your expectation, Dave? 
how do you think whiteout weekend on Saturday is going to look inside the stadium? You know, I think it's going to be an amazing experience for all the fans who get to attend that in person. But I, it's going to be interesting. They're supposed to be doing fake snow. Well, and the one, of the, one of the coolest parts about that game on Saturday is we were down 33 nothing. The Boo Birds were out. The fans got back into it very quickly. I think if you go the second that C.J. Ham crossed that goal line, it was still, uh, what, I think it was a 19-point game. But the fans in that stadium did not care. They were loud throughout. From the second, from that moment in the third quarter through overtime, it was rowdy, and the Colts were not coming back from that. You could feel the momentum shift the second that we scored our second touchdown. We still had a long way to go, but the fans were having fun. Mm -hmm. Well, and they feed the team. You know, we talked Mm -hmm. about K.J. Osborne. The fans can sense the effort he's doing. They match that effort, and it helps feed the team. That's why the stat nerds all across the board can't measure momentum. They say it's impossible. Well, I'm sorry. It's an emotional game. You can feel momentum as an emotion. And you could feel it build. You know, at the middle of the third quarter on up, you felt it build and build and build and build and build and build. And we tied it up. And then in overtime, supposedly uh, listening today, you had C.J. Ham call the overtime toss, which he does. He supposedly winked at somebody saying, we got you. We're going to win this one. And sure enough, it's it's the way it works. And the fans, that's why Kevin O'Connell preaches he just loves his fan base because it literally can feed the team. And you do that, we're going to win. They're going to be hyped for Saturday. Everybody's going to try to wear white. Not everybody has white in their wardrobe. I was thinking, do I have any white? I don't. You, you, you don't have any white? I'm wearing white right now. I Why do you think I, I'm, I'm doing this? Black. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I have stuff with some white in it, but no white. It's uh, But it's going to be fun. We're going to see how it does and see if it affects the play of the game. Uh, it was brought up last night, Tyler brought up, that when Penn State does it, the team wears their dark colors, so it makes it easier to see against the white background. I don't think that's going to be an issue because mostly the crowd sits up higher in an NFL stadium than they do in a college stadium. So it's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely a blast to watch. So I can't wait. And I want to thank you for being almost two years without doing this show. I'm glad that you got the notion to contact me last night and go, Dave, let's do a uh, 15 minutes Dave. with Flip Mozzie special. And I'm like, you bet. It's, it's the biggest comeback in NFL history. You know how I watch games because I'm on the post-game show. If y'all haven't tuned in, I urge you to. I don't, I don't watch games like the analytic crowds do. I believe in momentum. I believe in yelling at the TV and how that wills my team on, whether I'm in that stadium 
or not. So the biggest comeback in NFL history. I just want everyone here to forget about the national media. Forget what they say about Kirk Cousins or about our expectations. Take some time to reflect. It's the most fun we've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. And those haters, they ain't having fun right now. Okay? Hey, they're They're firing the team up even more. You think think we 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 have two less wins than Philadelphia Eagles do? Do you think which fan base do you think is having more fun this season? Does having fun have anything to do with wins? That purple team, they may not be, they may be overrated, but they're also fun as hell. And now it's the holidays. You know, I've said this before the next two games, they're going to be on Christmas Eve, on New Year's Day. That means that hopefully you have some time to enjoy the season with friends, families, and loved ones. That means that the Vikings are going to be the part of your holiday, too. You're going to be watching these games with more people than usual. So I hope you take some time. Don't go into that game. You know, one of my early memories as a Vikings fan is I got tickets to a Christmas game against the Green Bay Packers, and we ended up losing that game. Ryan Longwell kicked that game-winning field goal right into my face. And I was not fun during the holiday season after that game. And I've learned this holiday season with a team that's fun as hell in a season. That is crazy. Win or lose, if the Vikings give me a fun game, we're going to have something to talk about as a family. And I'm going to be here with you guys on Christmas Eve and on New Year's Day having fun as well. So it's the biggest comeback in NFL history. Let's ride the roller coaster until this damn thing breaks, baby. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And feel free to rate us on your favorite aggregator. Big shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best Vikings content can be found. To that's badass wood art when you're looking for something unique to brighten your space. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody!